Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and we do welcome you to our Bible study today. On Search the Scriptures, we do exactly as the name suggests. We search the Scriptures. We'd get into God's Word and we'd dig deep and look at them in detail, but at the same time, we try to explain them in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our daily lives. You know, if you're listening for the first time, today, and we appreciate all of our new listeners on an ongoing basis, we're thankful you're there. And we do hope and pray that you will quickly realize that we do exactly that. We search the scriptures. We dig deep. We teach the Bible on this program. We don't just talk about the Bible. We don't just talk about God and about Christianity, but we study what the Bible says on all of those subjects and a whole lot more. We appreciate all of those who are listening on such a regular basis, who have been with us for quite some time in many cases, and we hear from many of our listeners and tell us that they listen every day or close to it. There are others who listen regularly, but their schedules don't allow them to maybe tune in at the exact times that the program is aired, even though we are on several times Monday through Friday each day. Well, there's another way that you can be sure that you don't miss a single program. You can go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And you can scroll down the home page to the podcast button, click on that, and it'll take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It will always be free. <clears throat> I emphasize again, it's free. It will always be free. When you sign up for our podcasting, whatever device, smart device you choose, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, pad, tablet, whatever smart device you choose, all of our sermons, all of our Bible studies, a great daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class, about 12 minutes each day, keeping us in God's Word and focused on our spiritual lives and relationship with God, and all of these radio programs will automatically go to whatever device you select. It'll be automatic, and again, it will always be free. We just want to help you get to heaven. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. So encourage your friends to listen. And if they have problems because of their schedules, clicking in at just the right time when the program is aired, tell them to go to our website as well. And that way, when you really stop and think about it, when you're anywhere across the country, traveling, on vacation, working, or literally anywhere around the world that has access to the Internet, you can pick up these programs through the Internet at churchofchrist.com. Now, at the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us and have a pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. Jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer through the regular mail. It's free. We'll take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD. And again, it's free, and we'll take care of the postage. So we hope to hear from you really soon. And if you're in the Omaha area, come by and check us out. Come and study and worship and grow spiritually with us. We're going to finish up our series of studies that we've been in over the last several days talking about love or hate. We've kind of prefaced this by 
emphasizing that there are two forces that are always active in our lives, always trying to pull us in opposite directions. Well, of course, the one force that is positive, that's God. And out of love for us, he's always trying to lead us to be with him for eternity in heaven. Jesus is always there, offering us the great invitation. Come to me, he says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11 and verse 28. But then there's the opposing force, just exactly the opposite of the love of God, and that is the hatred of the devil. And he's always trying to lure us into sin through temptations and tribulations and trials and difficult situations in our lives, trying to pull us away from God and away from our Savior and into the depravity of sin and ultimately the self-destruction, eternal damnation, the condemnation of hell itself. Two opposing forces. Love, the love of God behind the one the hatred of the devil behind the other one. So, where is your life at? What is the motivating, the driving force in your life, guiding you in the direction that you live each day? Is it the love of God? Are you living by his teachings? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said it again, and that's John chapter 14 and verse 15. Then he emphasized it again in verse 21, and again in verse 23, And then in verse 24, he let us know that the one who is not living by his teachings, who is not following his commandments, New Testament Christianity, he said, that's the one who does not love me. So what is the motivating, driving force in the way you live your life each day? Is it the love of God? Or are you following the devil in his hatred for God and hatred for the church and Christianity. Are you living in sin? Big question. Soul-searching question. Painful to, a- to answer a lot of times. But each one of us needs to answer. Well, we've spent a good bit of time talking about the love of God and how we are instructed, not just instructed, how we are commanded commanded to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also to love others around us. Now, first and foremost, to love God and to love Christ, but then to extend that love, their love, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, the true Christians, and then also to humanity as a whole. Loving the lost sinner enough to try to teach him, or at least in some way to influence him to learn the gospel message of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that through obedience to that message, obedience to his Savior, he can be forgiven and redeemed and saved, have eternal life, and that is forever in heaven. The opposite of love, obviously, is hatred. And the devil is the author of that self-destructive emotion and direction in life. Hatred instigated by by Satan is condemned repeatedly, condemned repeatedly in the scriptures. We look first at number, I'm sorry, Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 17. Now what I want you to notice here 
and take note of is the direct references to hatred being the motivating force behind these violent actions that are talked about, that are described. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 17. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin against him. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. Straightforward instruction, isn't it? Very straightforward indeed. Now we're going to turn to Numbers chapter 35. Numbers chapter 35. I know there are a lot of people who harbor hatred in their hearts towards somebody. Maybe to a whole group of people. That hatred is self-destructive to the person bearing that emotion. In Numbers 35, beginning with verse 20. Numbers 35, beginning with verse 20. And here we read, If he pushes him out of hatred, or while lying in wait, hurls something at him so that he dies, or an enmity strikes him with his hands so that he dies, the one who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall, be put, uh, shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. Now, he's talking about murder being committed, but what's the motivating force behind the murder? Verse 20 says, hatred. If he does this out of hatred, then he shall be put to death himself. My, hatred being the motivating force behind that destructive action towards somebody else. Then we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 19. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verses 11 and and 12. But if anyone hates his neighbor, lies in wait for him, rises against him, and strikes him mortally, that is, murdering him, so that he dies, and he flees to one of these cities, then the elders of of his city shall uh, shall send and bring him from there, and deliver him over to the hand of the avenger of blood, that he may die. Now what's the motivating force for the killing, for the murder? If anyone hates his neighbor, lies in wait, rises against him and strikes him mortally, so that he die. Well, hatred being the motivating force again. And how many fights have broken out? How many murders have taken place? How many wars have been instigated and fought on an ongoing basis out of hatred? Out of hatred. Millions of people have lost their lives because either they or somebody else or both parties hated one another. And so the war broke out, or the violence took place. The fight erupted. The murder was committed out of hatred. In Psalm 109, and verse 3, we read this. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. And verse 5, thus they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. You know, there are people who might say that they hate God. And so they're returning hatred for the love that he has already demonstrated for them by sending 
his son to die on the cross on their behalf to pay the price for the guilt of their sins. But here, don't we see this around us as well? Again, verse 3, they have surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. We see that in our culture, in this country, but also around the world on an ongoing basis. And it seems like recently it's becoming even more pronounced. Hatred, words of hatred. As, and if you ask the person, do you hate that person that you're talking so despitefully about? That you're using such hateful language against? They might say, well, no, I don't hate them. I'm just against them. I don't agree with them. Well, excuse me, but your words say something different. Your words are full of hate. Full of hate. And you need to quit denying that. You need to recognize it. And you need to stop it and change your language. We see it all around us. We see it spilling into our streets. We see it through political animosity toward one another. Instead of just political opponents talking about their differences of opinion or their differences of policy as they see it, they spew hateful, and I mean literally hateful words and language against one another. And it's not just on one side or the other. It's on both sides. And there's no denying it. Our public media They just display unmitigated hate for people they disagree with on an ongoing basis. The idea of objectivity on the part of our news media, oh, that's flown out the window a long time ago. And it's just becoming more and more apparent and more and more blatant that that is no longer a standard for the way that they report news. If they disagree with an agenda that is their agenda, Oh, they just, they display their hatred for what, whoever it is or whatever it is. It might be a philosophy that they're reporting against and they will offer virtually no positive coverage of any good news event that disagrees with what they have determined should be what we all agree to and espouse in our lives. How horrible that is. Our nation is becoming overwhelmed with hatred. The psalmist talked about that. When we turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 10, and here the wise man is speaking. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12. Notice what he says. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. We'll have people say, we need to get along. We need to work together. We need to be able to be more productive by by shouldering whatever it is that needs to be done together, mutually so. Good. Stop hating and stop espousing hatred through the words that you're using against those you disagree with. In verse 18 of Proverbs 10, Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Now, what does it mean to hide hatred? When you're obviously, when you're obviously displaying hatred, but then you're denying it. 
You say, oh, no, no, I, I don't hate that person. I really love that person. Well, again, your words say differently. Your words say hate. That's what's coming across. And it's not okay. It's not excusable. It's ungodly. You're following the lead of the devil when you talk that way because he is the hating force behind those who are following him into sin, into unrighteousness, into wickedness, evil, and hatred is all of that. It is sinful. It is ungodly. It is wicked. It is evil. The Proverbs goes on in chapter 15, beginning with verse 17. Better is a dinner of herbs, we could probably say vegetables, <laughs> where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention or sets it aside, calms it down, hopefully avoids it altogether. Don't you hate being around somebody? Now there's that word. But I'm using it in a, in a more positive way. Don't you hate being around somebody who is filled with hatred? Because you see, their hatred can spill over into your way of thinking and acting and living. And that, that becomes self-destructive for each of us who lets that then become our way of thinking. When you look at the works of the flesh that the Apostle Paul lays out in Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, and we want to begin reading with verse 17. I want you to note clearly and carefully what he says here. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, two opposing forces now. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, obvious in other words. He's about to lay out a long list of sinful, wicked, ungodly practices and lifestyles. And I want you to notice what he says about them. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. Right in the middle of this list, hatred is one of the works of the flesh. Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Now those would be products of hatred. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, another product of hatred, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Did you get that? If you have hatred abiding in your heart, don't expect to be in heaven because that's a work of the flesh. Don't try to excuse it away. It's a work of the flesh. In 1 John chapter 3, in verse 15, John wrote, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, 
and no murderer has eternal life. You hate somebody? Do you hate a whole group of people? Don't expect to be in heaven if you do. Because heaven is not a place for haters. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Stop letting the devil influence you to hate somebody or a whole group of people. Stop it. It's not productive of good. It's productive of self-destruction, of ungodliness in your life and influencing others toward ungodliness through your ungodly example. James wrote this in James chapter 1, beginning with verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Wrath would be a byproduct of hatred, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Hatred and God, oh, they don't go together. Hatred and godliness, they're exact opposites. God directs us, motivates us, guides us out of love for us. When we fall into hatred, and don't say you don't hate, you love the person you're speaking so hatefully about because your words say you hate that person. Stop and listen to what you're saying, how you're saying it. Examine yourself. Don't take part in that because hatred will keep you out of heaven. Hatred is being motivated and guiding you in your life by the devil himself. Our first allegiance is not to anyone or anything that is of this world. And that includes political parties. Our first allegiance as Christians is not to a donkey and it's not to an elephant. It's to the Lamb of God. Did you get that? In every decision we make, in every step that we take through life, in every word that we utter across our lips, we need to be motivated in our mindset by the love of God. By the love of God. The Lamb of God, our Lord and Savior. That's where our first allegiance is to. Let's think. Let's pray together. Father, Father, we pray. Guide us and help us to not hate. And guide us to have our eyes open and be alert to the leadings of the devil who wants to lead us into hatred. Let us never let that happen. Help us to never let that happen. Help us to be strong, Father, to weigh our words and to weigh our thoughts behind our words and to always strive diligently to continually exhibit your love in our lives before everybody around us 
and in all of the decisions that we make and the directions that we take through life. Praise be to your name, Father, and guide us to live always to your glory. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us. This is our prayer, gracious Father, in your Son's name. Amen.